Yes, everybody, it is me, Matt Wright, here on Thursday night with you. All of the wonderful people who choose to spend every Thursday night here on the writer's block with me. Uh, I know that there are literally an infinite amount of things you could be doing on a Thursday night. So the fact that you choose to spend it here with me, uh, I definitely appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, first and foremost, allow me to say thank you to the fantastic and wonderful people at siestacava.com for the libertarian Kool-Aid that I drink on this and every episode of Muddy Waters Media. Without siestacava.com, I don't know if I'd make it through a day. Uh, if you have yet to try out the hippie moonshine, go to siestacava.com and uh, give it a shot today. Sorry, my audio is low. You would not believe the amount of technical issues that I've been having today. Uh, to you for showing up and to everybody else, Bula Vinaka. Uh, so, we have a great episode today. But before we get into how wonderful of an episode we have today, allow me to thank the people who bring this show to you every day. This episode is brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, the fastest growing and second largest caucus in the Libertarian Party. If you want to become a member of uh, if you want to become a member of the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, all you have to do is go to muddywatersmedia.com slash store and pick yourself up a waffle libertarian party waffle house caucus button. Um <laughs> 
pick yourself up a Libertarian Party Waffle House button. If you want to become a voting member, whatever that means, since we don't vote on anything, uh, get yourself a T-shirt. They are fashionable and you'll definitely not get sued. We might, but you won't. This episode is brought to you by the Gravy King. This episode is brought to you by Fierce Luxury by Ashley. Fierce Luxury is a high-end bag and accessory consignment store based online. They carry the hottest brands like Louis Vuitton, Chanel, Gucci, and Herms. Uh, Consign with them for a 30% fee, 20% less than most consignment stores. Find them online at FierceLuxuryByAshley.com and on Facebook in their exclusive group, Fierce Luxury by Ashley. This episode is brought to you by Jonathan Reels, who needs 15 people to donate 20 bucks to help fund his campaign events this summer. People, go to www.jonathan.cash right now and give this man 20 bucks. If 15 people do it, he will stop advertising with us. So do that. This episode is brought to you by Jack Casey. Uh, he's got two books out, The Royal Green and, and Silver Throned, and a third book that's coming out tomorrow called Crowned by Gold. Uh, I don't know what these books are about. I'm never going to find out what these books are about. Uh, I know that there is a ship in there called The Orphanage, which I think just really talks more about Jack's life as a child as opposed to anything else, but I'm not here to read into it. Uh, so, you know... Pick them up, theroyalgreen.com. If uh, you pick up enough books, he will continue to advertise with us. So go out and buy all of those. This, uh, this episode is also brought to you by Cumberland Cannabis Co. Uh, it is a viable, ethical, effective cannabis company from the great state of Tennessee, where I will be next week. And I cannot wait. Uh, if you are looking for wonderful Tennessee weed, uh, go to cumberlandcannabisco.com. CumberlandCannabisCo.com and you uh, can pick up some of the best weed that Tennessee has to offer and since Tennessee made the best whiskey ever uh, you can also pick up the best weed ever because I assume those two correlate. This episode is brought to you by Adderpan because who doesn't want to be scared out of their shorts every night? This is a game where you're playing a high school security guard uh, and you have like dolls chasing you. I'm not really a hundred percent sure what this game is. Um, but you have a lot of scary stuff going on and it is attempting to, uh, scare the crap out of you in a five night style game with creepy characters, jump scares galore, and even a few Easter eggs, uh, hidden amongst the game files themselves. Um, Expansions are in progress by the developer and will be available for free as they are released and is currently available for Windows. Uh, you can find Adderpan and upcoming expansions on Steam for the low, low price of five bucks. Come find out uh, if you have what it takes to unravel the tale of this haunted school. Five bucks, people. Five dollars. This episode is brought to you by Joe Soloski for Pennsylvania Governor. If you live in the Pennsylvania region of the United States of America, you could try to make Pennsylvania mightier than the sword of the federal government and vote for Joe Soloski for governor. He is the key to Pennsylvania's success. Thank you all for being here, truly. Um, so my next guest, my well, the guest I have tonight and my next guest, he's my current guest. Uh, his name is David Preston. He is a journalist, editor, and founder of BamaNewsNow.com, uh, one of the larger independent news outlets for the state of Alabama. 
Uh, I'm very excited to have him on. I'm very excited for what we're going to be talking about tonight. So without further ado, let me bring to you Mr. David Preston. David, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Pretty good. Now, I do have a question. I have an answer. What's the official hash browns of the Libertarian Waffle House Caucus? So uh, we're not here to uh, tell anybody how to get their hash browns. Or if you want grits instead, you can get grits. I'm not going to judge. I know how I get mine. I get mine. Mine's scattered, smothered, covered in junk. Okay. So I do do, uh, covered, smothered in country. Ah. Yeah. Covered, smothered in country. Um, that, that, that is my personal way of drinking or of eating hash browns at, at, at the house of waffles at the international house of waffles or I how, um, <laughs> well, thank you for having me. No, thank you for coming on. I definitely appreciate it. Um, so I, I found out that you are, uh, you're a recent convert to the libertarians. Uh, you, well, I've always leaned libertarian. My dad was a big libertarian, libertarian leaning Republican growing up. But back in when Mitt Romney lost to uh, Barack Obama, I was like, you know what? I'm done voting Republican Party just because it's the Republican Party and they're not the Democrats. From now on, the candidate, no matter what party they're from, has to earn my vote. And ever since then, it's always I've always voted Libertarian mainly because the Republicans in the uh, two elections, at, presidential elections after that. Uh, you know, put up, you know who. Right. I wasn't voting for you know who, <laughs> so I voted Libertarian. I voted for Gary Johnson in 2016, mainly because I was voting for the Libertarian Party to help try to get them better ballot access nationwide. And then I voted for Joe uh, Joe Jorgensen in 2020 because she, I actually voted for a candidate that time because I believed in what uh, she stood for, the policies she was advocating for, and I uh, really liked uh, Spike as well. So those voting for uh, two candidates that I really liked. Right. Yeah. No, I, um, I get that. I was voting for one candidate. I really liked, um, he was the VP. Um, (laughs) but yeah. So what was it? So was it just mainly the fact that the Republicans had gone completely away from pretending to be conservative or was it more that you like the libertarian parties? Well, like I said, I've always leaned libertarian. Like whenever I, uh, whenever I thought about a position that I hold, I was like, How's, how can we solve this problem with the least amount of government interference? And that's probably the policy that I was advocating for. Right. And then, you know, Republicans, they just stopped being con- you know, like they stopped being fiscal conservatives. Fiscal conservatism is is very important to me because as a taxpayer, I don't want the government spending my uh, more money than they have to of my money. Right. So uh, uh, and, you know, Republicans, especially with this last president. Uh, I when he was elected in 2016, I said, you mark my words, Donald Trump will be the most progressive Republican president since Teddy Roosevelt. And I hate to say, well, I don't hate to say because yeah, everybody likes being right. Every, I was, yeah, was going to say everybody likes being right. Let's I, I enjoy being right. So unbelievably bad. It's a, it's offensive to many of my family members. <laughs> um, they're like, do you have to brag about it? I'm like, yeah, of course I do. Because exactly. You gave me. And we're going to talk about. Uh, we're going to talk about Dr. Fauci later. Uh, oh yeah, we're going to get right about him from the get go. Oh yeah, that evil motherfucker. Um, masks. You guys need to wear your masks. Um, no, he, no, don't wear your mask. Oh, wait a minute, wear, wear your mask wear, because wear your now mask. I'm you, you need to wear masks. It's important to wear masks. Um, 
That guy, he reminds me of Smeagol from um, Lord of the Rings so much. Like, I know who you're talking about. Uh, my precious, uh, my precious. He looks like Dobie from Harry Potter. He does. He, uh, sounds, like, <laughs> uh, sounds like somebody from The Sopranos. Oh God, um, <laughs> he does look like Dobie. You can't unsee. I that, will can never you? unsee that now. Um, I've never actually watched Harry Potter or read it, but <laughs> I know who you're talking about. And oh my God, he looks exactly like Dobby. I always thought it was Dobby. Um, that's the master gave me a sock guy. Yep. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Got it. All right. Yeah. Um, see, I know things about nerd culture. Um, so, um, you are a journalist. Yes. Try to be. Well, yeah. play one on TV. Yeah, I get that. So do I. Um, <laughs> I try to do this with absolutely no bias. It doesn't work well for me. Um, but so the media today, I don't even like calling them the media because to say that any of them are unbiased in anything that they're doing is not even close to accurate. So uh, how is it? What do you see that the media is doing uh, in order to sway information? Like, in, how are they controlling what it is that we are intaking as the consumer? Well, first of all, I've, uh, I've argued this point with several journalist friends of mine. I'm like, you do realize that the media was never intended to be unbiased. From the beginning of this country, the newspapers were extremely biased. They were either pro, uh, pro-revolution or pro, uh, pro-crown back during the colonial time period. And as a matter of fact, Thomas Jefferson funded newspapers throughout the United States to help him run for president uh, several times because, I mean, and, uh, and that just continued on all through the, until the modern, the, you know, modern times, the, an unbiased quote-unquote uh, media really is a modern invention. And they tried to take something that was intended to be biased, that you knew was biased, and try to make it unbiased and just report the facts. And it's just not worked because everybody has their biases. The question is, is can they present you enough facts to be credible? And right. that's the problem we're running into today is journalists today are not presenting enough facts to be credible. The, it's okay if they're biased, at least in my opinion, and I'm, I may be a contrarian to that. I want you to be biased. I want to know your biases. I can handle your biases, but just tell me the facts, but don't sit there and try to say, here's my facts. They're the only facts that are right, and everybody else is wrong. Everybody's misinformation, and that's what they're running into. They're trying. They're now saying, here's my facts. It's the only facts you ever need to know. They're the truth, nothing but the truth. So help me God. And everybody else is lying. And that's not the case. You know, you're going to get facts from, you're going to get a set of certain set of facts from CNN. You're going to get a certain set of facts from Fox News. You're going to get a certain set of facts from MSNBC or NPR or Washington, whatever media outlet you're consuming at the time. It is your job as the consumer of those uh, those media outlets and those facts to determine what is true and what isn't, and what is relevant, and what isn't. But to if you further your point, the media companies, especially the mainstream media companies, 
they are controlling what we hear and what we don't hear because they can, you know, because they can say, this is what we're going to cover. And if that's the only outlet you listen to or watch or read, you're not going to hear about anything else. Like for example, Cuban, the Cuban Liberty protest on the Island of Cuba. Right. If you're watching Fox news, you would think, man, uh, they are all over the Island. They're, rioting in the streets for for uh, liberty right to, to if you to, were well for conservative liberty let's be honest the fox news yeah. is like yeah we want republican liberty which yeah well uh uh, uh we'll circle back uh, but we'll be jen Psaki here jen for Psaki, a second. we'll circle back circle to that, back to that. <laughs> but uh if you were watching cnn or msnbc or abc you would think that maybe they were protesting the economic embargo or the lack of COVID shots. Or the lack of COVID shots. Uh, but that they weren't really protesting the communist, no. socialist government. Absolutely. That would be wrong. You know, uh, but circle back, you know, uh, the conservative liberty. I actually posted on the personal Facebook page last week, I believe it was, that isn't it interesting how Republicans hate illegal illegal immigration when it comes to uh, illegal immigrants from Mexico and the triangle countries, but they love illegal immigrants when it comes to, uh, to Cuba, to Cuba. Could that be because of the way they vote? Yeah. 100%. And it's the same reason Democrats are the other way. Vice versa. Yeah. Right. And I'm like, uh, you know, let, let's be intellectually honest. I mean, be intellectually honest. If you're going to be a hypocrite, just be a hypocrite and say, yes, my position is hypocritical and be done with it. I'll, you know, I may disagree with you. I may not like the fact that you're a hypocrite, but I'll at least respect the fact that you're calling, willing to call a spade a spade. But that's where we are because, you know, the uh, feet, feet wet, feet dry the policy that was in place for so long was advocated by Republicans because then if they got the, they got here feet dry, they would uh, be eligible to vote and they most likely would vote Republican. Right. That's why uh, that's why the Republicans love Cuban immigrants. They, and it's the vice versa for the uh, for the immigrants from Mexico and the Northern Triangle because and, they tend to vote Democrat. Right. And the Republicans love Cuban immigrants, but they make it so hard. Like they've made it very difficult for Cuban immigrants to come here. They they have not made it a very easy task for Cuban immigrants to get here during, you know, during Donald Trump's time or during George Bush's time or the other Bush they haven't made it simple for Cuban immigrants to get here, but Cuban immigrants typically vote for Republicans. So I don't understand their thought process on it, but I don't understand Democrats' thought process on it either. If you let them come here, they'd probably vote for you. The sad thing is, is I must be a psychopath because I can understand the thought process behind both of them. So, <laughs> well, that's, so I can understand the thought process, but it. It's, That's what makes us libertarian. We right. understand the thought process and we reject their uh, their logic. Right. It just seems so short-sighted in so many different ways uh, by both parties pretty much all the time. So I know that you uh, you you brought up an example of uh, of an article that came out literally like three days ago uh, about an incident in Baldwin County. I wanted to just so everybody knows, I was planning on making really great graphics for this, like I do for the Tuesday night show, but I had to fix audio and I didn't have time to make the graphics. So instead, what I'm going to do is I'm going to post these links in the uh, chat so uh, you can go back and read them later. 
um, because don't go away now. We need you on the show. Um, but uh, officers in Baldwin County shoot and kill suspect connected to assault in another county. Yes, and it's three. Uh, it's, it was officers from three different law enforcement organizations. It was uh, uh, basically what happened. I'm gonna give you the long, uh, the, the long story short version here. Uh, the, back in April, the suspect that ended up dying at the hands of law enforcement officers right. was involved in an officer-involved shootout in a place called Butler, Alabama. If you're not familiar with Alabama, if basically look at a map of uh, Mississippi, find Meridian, Mississippi, and draw a di- diagonal uh, line across the state line, and the first county you come to, that's going to be uh, Butler, Alabama. Okay, got it. Uh, he was uh, shot by Butler police, captured, taken to the hospital. And he uh, uh, was treated, released from the hospital, taken to jail. But he wasn't taken to the Choctaw County Jail where Butler, Alabama is because their jail is condemned and it has been condemned for two years. He went to the Clark County Jail, which is another county over from, uh, from, uh, from Choctaw County. And uh, the sheriff there released him on a what's called medical bond. Right. If you're not familiar with what medical bond is, it's basically you're bonding out of prison to go to the hospital to get treatment, and then you promise them to come back. Well, he didn't come back. Come to find out, the sheriff did not have the authority from the judge to sign out the medical bond. The sheriff, by the way, of Clark County, who later resigned under a cloud of corruption. Now, this is all information coming directly from the uh, from the police investigation involved in this latest shooting. So, because they want you, they want to muddy the waters. They want to taint the jury pool, saying, uh, saying uh, the this guy was a bad hombre, basically. And you know, so we, you know, we were justified in shooting him because he was just a bad dude, right? And uh, but I asked several questions, never really got answers to these questions because i look at an officer involved killing regardless if it's the george Floyd killing regardless if it's this uh this guy here in alabama that got shot and killed by three different law enforcement agencies or uh or what or if it was charles manson getting killed by police i look at officer involved shootings as the death penalty without the due process and if you start looking at it that way, death penalty without due process, right. you start you, you necessarily need to ask very tough questions of your law enforcement organizations to ensure that they are, you know, that they're doing, number one, that they're following the procedures. And number two, that the shoot really was justified. Because even though it's, uh, if you view it through the prism of death penalty without due process, it may be a justified shooting, but you won't know those that until you ask those and get answers to those questions. Right. And so I'm reading the article. Um, I was reading the article earlier today, uh, and it said that a wanted man considered armed and dangerous was spotted by police in Spanish Fort and later shot and killed by officers. Um, I mean... I'll read the entire article because it's real short. This is a long story short, but I'm assuming it's missing a lot. Well, new of information stuff. has come out since that article okay. was posted. That was the uh, first article, you know, basically reporting the shoot. Gotcha. Okay, and I even had questions based on this article alone, because it mm-hmm. said that uh, a man was considered armed and dangerous, uh, and spotted by police in Spanish Fort and later shot and killed by officers. Uh, Investigators said the suspect who has not been identified was found at a Chevron gas station on highway 181 in Malbus, 
Malbus. Malbus, uh, okay. Which is uh, technically inside the city limits of Daphne. So he was spotted by a Spanish Fort cop in the city limits of Daphne. Gotcha. Okay. Around 2 a.m. Sunday, the Baldwin County Major Crimes Unit said the man was wanted for being a felon in possession of a firearm and was possibly involved in shooting with officers uh, in a different county, which I'm assuming- Which is what I just told you about. Right. Uh, Spanish Fort Police called for additional officers before approaching the suspect. Officers with uh, Daphne PD and the deputies from the Baldwin County Sheriff's Office went to the scene. According to investigators, deputies told the man to get out of his vehicle, but he refused, tried to drive away. He was then shot and killed by officers. A passenger in the car suffered minor injuries. No officers were hurt. Investigators said a gun was found in the vehicle. And that was it. And mm-hmm. I read that and I went, there there are questions. Mm-hmm. There are lots of questions here. Um, he was suspected. Did they tell like did they inform him that he was a suspect in a crime before, or did they just tell him to get out of the car? Uh like did they did they have reason to search him other than him just being a suspect or not? Um who is the other person? Well, they didn't technically search him until after they shot. Till after right, yeah, exactly. Um <laughs> valid. I'll give you that. Um do we know that that gun was in there before they shot him? Um again, there's been new information that's come out since that okay. article. Uh they said uh they said the day after the shooting, uh that or uh, the Monday after the shooting because it was Saturday night, Sunday morning. So technically 2 a.m. it would have been the next day. Okay. Uh, on Monday that he was asleep in the back seat of the vehicle when the police approached the vehicle. You know, telling him to get out of the vehicle. Instead of getting out of the vehicle, he climbs into the front seat of the vehicle. And that's when the investigators say, the officers say they saw the weapon, is when he was climbing from the uh, back seat into the front seat. That's what they say. We haven't seen any body cam footage. Most likely, we will never see body cam footage because body camera footage in Alabama is not subject to open records requests in, uh, in our law here in this state. Isn't that wonderful? That- uh and uh but uh so your your question is valid did they notify the him that he was a suspect they probably just uh, called out his name said get out of the vehicle uh you know and then he when he did and he started to drive away they started shot shooting him uh if you saw the uh if you saw the windshield there were bullet holes all over the windshield of this vehicle and uh so I don't know if the passenger who suffered minor injuries was in the passenger seat or in the back seat or what was going on. But my, one of my biggest questions is what is the, the, the policies and procedures of these three departments, Daphne police, Spanish Fort police and Baldwin County police or Baldwin County sheriffs, when it comes to opening, you know, shooting a suspect, who may very who may very well be armed and dangerous and may very well be posing a, a risk to the officers' lives. But when you have somebody else there that you haven't identified as a suspect that could be a victim of a crime, could be an accomplice, or could just be an innocent bystander. Right. Of uh, you know, what is the policy of putting their life in danger by opening fire on a vehicle that they are in? That's what I want to know. Right, exactly. And the that third was, of uh, Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was I was going to say that was one of the questions I had. Like, do you even know who the other person in the vehicle was? Is this somebody he picked up along the way? Was this a friend? Was this an accomplice? Was this uh, just 
somebody that was offering to split driving time with him for a ride like you who is this person in the car that suffered minor injuries from the number of bullets you put into the car i don't know we don't know they haven't released any information about that person because they haven't charged that person with the crime they took him to the hospital treated him and released them with no charges so that tells me that the police believe that person was not involved in any crime right because they wouldn't release him if he was involved in an officer involved shooting and he was suspected that he or she was a suspected of a crime we don't know even know if it was a he or she or 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 they we don't know anything about them other than they were uh, suffered injuries treated at a hospital and ultimately ultimately released by police with no charges and they were the, the, and they were cooperative that's all we know about that person furthermore the standard for opening fire on a suspect is reasonable fear of your for for your life or the life of others. Right. That was another thought I had. I said, at which, what point were you in fear? Yeah. We don't know if the suspect opened fire on the police or not. We know that the police say they saw a weapon. Right. We don't know if they uh, we don't know if they said that the suspect had the weapon in his hand or was it in a waistband? Was it on the dashboard? You know, what was where it was? Was it fired? Was it not fired? You know, so if it was in a waistband or was it on or if it was on a dash or if it was, uh, you know, just, you know, fell out of his uh, fell out of his waistband while he's climbing into the front seat of the vehicle. What's the justification for imminent fear for your life or the life of others to justify opening fire on him? Is it just that he was suspected of being armed and dangerous? Because you can be suspected of being armed and dangerous and not, uh, you know, and not actually be. Right. No, absolutely. So, you can be. And, and, that, and that is something that uh, they conveniently left out of this article. And I'm certain many others, because it said that he was suspected of being armed and dangerous. Uh, they found him. He didn't want to turn himself over, tried to drive away. They shot him. And then it's like, oh, they found a gun, which now you're saying that it, they said that they saw the gun beforehand. But before opening I, fire. Right. Before opening fire. Uh, that's what they said. That's what, right. But, you know, um, but without releasing body cams, you don't really know whether or not that's true. And then on top of that, you have um, you you don't know if he opened fire. You don't know if he tried to run a cop down. Uh, they just said that he tried to get away. And so at what point was were any of the police officers involved in the shooting in fear of their life? And they may very well have been. They, uh, he may very well tried to run over. Or he may very well had the gun in his hand and was raising it up to point at the officers and shoot. We don't know that because they're not releasing that information or they haven't released that information yet. And we most likely, unless we get the uh, benefit of uh, serving on the grand jury, ever get the the that information because every officer involved shooting in this state goes before a grand jury and as you well know as i know grand jury proceedings and the evidence presented to a grand jury is sealed yes. so we'll never see what the we'll never know what the grand jury saw or didn't see right because they're sealed and i'm like uh and i've been advocating you know, for a while now with some of the legislative uh, friends that I have that serve in the legislature, I was like, we need to change the law 
for uh, for officer involved shootings that go before the grand jury, if a no bill is handed down, and the no bill is basically we're not going to indict the officer for any crimes, if that's handed down, the information presented to the grand jury in that case needs to be made available to the public or at least to the media for inspection to see what was uh, what was presented to the grand jury. Because you know as well as I do, a grand jury is either going to indict or not indict based off the evidence they hear. So the way the case is presented by the prosecutor is very important to how uh, a grand jury reacts. And we just don't, we will never know that because it's under seal. Now, I understand the importance of sealing the, uh, sealing grand jury proceedings especially in the cases where indictments are handed down because you don't want any evidence that you use in a criminal case being, you know, getting out in public first. Right. Because I also understand the need to keep it secret if it's a private citizen and no indictment is handed down because that's a private citizen. You don't want to disparage their, their good name and character by making those proceedings public, but the taxpayers pay for the hiring of the training of, the employment of and the equipment of those police officers. The taxpayers, in my opinion, the vested interest, the vested public interest of the taxpayers in those cases, especially in cases where no uh, a no bill is handed down, right, is more important than the privacy of the uh, the individual officer. Absolutely. So one of the things that we kind of uh, rail against here at Muddy Waters is qualified immunity and how many officers will hide behind qualified immunity no matter what happens. Um, and the the basis of qualified immunity, is, you know, it's shaky at best. If, like if it was a private citizen, uh, it's they would go, no, like you should know better than to do this with with qualified immunity. Um, I don't remember the exact wording right now, but uh, it's like. Uh, if the officer is, if the officer thinks that it, or if the officer feels that he is acting rationally, you're okay. So you just have to say, well, what's rational? What's not rational? Does the officer believe he's acting rational? Um, and that is one of the things that we're against. Cause if, if you as an average citizen is supposed to act rationally, uh, and you have to live up to a higher standard than the police do in your rational thinking, they shouldn't be able to get off because, well, they were acting rationally for the situation. Um, But uh, it is one of the things that a lot of news organizations kind of gloss over. Uh, The only time I haven't really seen it glossed over was during the Chauvin trial where people were pretty much, it seemed like all of the media was against Chauvin. Um, with the exception like all of america was right like all of america was um with the exception of uh steven crowder but anybody else they were you know they were like no chauvin definitely did wrong here he knelt on his neck for nine and a half minutes Um, yeah i mean uh, anybody any rational person this to law enforcement or not that saw that video know he knew he committed a crime right Right. I mean, there's just no ifs, ands, or buts about it. He committed a crime because he had his knee on a, that guy's neck for way too long. Way too long. Way too long. I mean, because once he, uh, because basically he had his knee on his neck. I don't uh, remember, was his hands and feet ever put into handcuffs after that point? I think, or did he just stay on his neck for nine minutes? I think he, I think he was in handcuffs while that was going on. 
at that point, if you're in handcuffs and or leg uh, leg cuffs, you're not a threat to anybody. Right. Like, why the, is his uh, why is his knee still on his neck? He's still on handcuffs. Right. Like, if you if you're worried yeah. that he's going to get that's up, that's a question. Walk, yeah, that's why it was a crime. Right. No, absolutely. And the fact that he knelt on it like for a minute and a half after George Floyd stopped breathing. That is where I think the crime really committed as opposed to trying to resuscitate him. He knelt on him for a minute and for 96 seconds, I think. Uh, it was 86 but, or 96. Um, but to, to your point, though, that you're right, the media, we're just not asking those tough questions. And it's a lot of different factors. Why? Because, uh, first of all, you have corporate, uh, you know, co- corporate over- overlords, uh, you know, buying up all these media properties, uh, newspapers are shutting down across the country, which is where the investigative journalism has always happened right. in this uh, kind of, in the modern era, anyway, was the newspapers because they had the time to devote to the uh, and the resources to vote to do the investigative journalism and ask those tough questions that aren't being asked anymore because now everything's so digital. You get 500 words in an uh, online article, you get 30 seconds of video, or 20 15 to 30 seconds of audio if you're a radio to tell your story and now you've lost the audience's attention they're ready to move on so your corporate lords who are looking at the bottom line and want just profit are saying okay it's time to move on so that we can sell more advertising get more eyeballs and make more money and that's what's that's where the modern journalism has really gone downhill so to speak is because you've got the corporate the corporations who don't care anything about other, anything other than money, the bottom line, the profit, which is important. Don't get me wrong. I am a capitalist, but at the same time, it's coming at the expense of quality journalism. It absolutely is coming at the expense of quality journalism. Uh, the I'll get into this later, but I wanted to kind of switch gears a little bit because we'll do it from two separate sides. Um, we'll talk about uh, Dr. Fauci, Dr. Fauci. Dr. Fauci and his mask. And his Dovey from Harry Potter. Please uh, wear your mask. Um, <laughs> so two of the articles that, well, two, two of the sources that you sent uh, today, uh, one of them was from Fox News. The other one was from MSNBC. Both of them telling the same story from two opposite sides of the political spectrum. Um now, the Fox News one, which I'll pull up because it's an article and not a video, um, talks about the the back and forth that uh, Fauci had with, uh, with Rand Paul. And it says, uh, it talks about how Fauci sparred at previous Senate, how they sparred at previous Senate hearings, but this last one got pretty uh, heated because it did. Man, that one was... That was good. That was must see TV. Yeah, that was good entertainment right there. Uh, exactly. Get your popcorn ready. Right. That if, if you haven't seen it, I recommend checking out that video because, oh boy, that was fun. Um, but it, you know, it, Fauci saying I've never lied before the Congress, and I do not retract the statement about that statement. Uh, the statement about whether or not he had anything to do with funding of um, gain of function research at the Wuhan lab. Um, and Paul Rand Paul was saying, you're dancing around this because you're trying to obscure responsibility. Uh, and then Rand Paul saying, I will be sending a letter to department of justice asking for a criminal referral because he has lied to Congress. We have scientists that were lined up by the dozens to say that the research he was funding was gain of function. Um, 
but then it goes on to say that he is pessimistic that the DOJ will act on his referral, which he's right to be. They're not going to act on it. Why would they want to act on it? That's not going to happen. But, but so this one is focused on that. And one of the things that I find interesting in this was, um, where was that line? Okay, Rand Paul. He says, right now, Fauci is getting away with this because no one is questioning him. He only goes on left-wing networks, true, that give him easy questions like, ha, 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 isn't Rand Paul so out there? True. Uh, that is, I mean, both true that, yes, he is. And uh, that's all they ask him. Um, that's the kind of questions he gets. Nobody asks him why it isn't gain-of-function research. And then the other thing, uh, the other clip that you sent me was from MSNBC, and it was uh, Dr. Fauci on uh, MSNBC being asked about his back and forth with Rand Paul. <laughs> and yeah, Rand Paul, he's just, and he didn't say he's just out there. Uh, he just, uh, he was like, yeah, Rand Paul and Fauci was like, it was slander and I plan on suing him for it. And he goes, mm, slander. Yes. That's a good word for it. And then they just go right into vaccines and why vaccines are important. And what about Johnson and Johnson? Should people still get that vaccine? And at no point do they push on whether or not what what they were arguing about was gain of function research or not, and they never ask him to explain if it is or not. Because so, it would look bad for Dr. Fauci. Because by his Dr. Fauci's organ own organization's definition, it's gain of function gain research. Of function research. And then think about it this way. Yeah, uh, and then think about it this way. Even if the NIH or any federal agency wasn't funding the specific study where the COVID, the COVID uh, virus was being manipulated and uh, being altered to get that gain of function, they were funding that lab. There's no dispute about that. Right. They, they, it's proven that they were, they were fund, partially funding studies at that lab. So it's kind of like the argument that uh, uber pro-life people will use uh, with you about funding the uh, 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 plan, Planned Parenthood. They say, you know, if Democrats say, well, we're funding, you know, all these medical treatments and the, uh, you know, mammograms and the, uh, and the pap smears and all these health services for underserved women in all these underserved communities through Planned Parenthood, where the federal government is not funding abortions. They're technically accurate. The government, federal government is not funding abortions when it comes to the uh, when it comes to Planned Parenthood. What they're doing is they're funding the, the, the health services division and the education division of the of Planned Parenthood. But what that does is is it provides money for all those other programs so that Planned Parenthood can now go out and all of the money they raise from other sources can be used to fund their abortion services uh, division. It's the same thing with the NIH funding of the Wuhan lab. They may not be funding the coronavirus study, but if they're funding the flu study and the, uh, the HIV study and the, uh, the, uh, uh, the elf-looking uh, elf Italian study at the, uh, the, the Wuhan lab of, of virology, then what that does is it allows that institute to go redirect any other monies that they receive from any other sources like the Chinese government or any other not, uh, NGOs or multi-government organizations like the UN to the coronavirus study, right. which 
means that the NI, even if they weren't directly funding the study, which they probably were, let's be honest, let's be honest. they probably were, they were supporting that study by funding other studies to allow money to be uh, directed to that study. We all know what happened. The virus got out of the lab, got started spreading. They were held. In, did you know? Uh, did you know this? That at the time the lab leak happened, the uh, World Military Games was happening in Wuhan, China. I've heard that, but I, I hadn't looked up the uh, validity. And of we it. had representatives at the World Military Games. Which is why they blamed it on American uh, military. They were like, no, it's probably from the American military. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Well, the Chinese government, they're going to blame everything on us anyway. Right. No, absolutely. Um, so. <laughs> so one of the things that was in that interview, um, I just lost it. There it is. Uh, I'll play the audio for you because I recorded it because ooh, that was funny. Um, uh, I don't re- I know it comes in a little bit after this part, but uh, I wanted to share this with everybody and i was going to share it on muddied waters of freedom on tuesday but we're not having a show so i'm going to share it tonight oh yeah that's not that that's that button maybe that's that button maybe or not i might man i'm failing all over the place tonight. you have to reenact it i i am um but they also might be able to hear it out there and i just don't know um because nothing works for me today um but they were saying they're going back and forth and uh he's talking about whether or not the federal government should mandate uh vaccines and um and the the host is like should they do that and he's like look i don't think it's going to happen uh i don't think it's going to happen i think it's going to more be at local levels and universities and possibly counties um, and he goes, do you see a problem with that? A lot of people are having an issue with uh, that being a thing. And he goes, look, I'm not against libertarians and libertarian ideals. And I laughed so heartily at that comment because uh, you don't care about libertarian ideals uh, or else we wouldn't be here right now. You wouldn't be telling people that we needed to lock down. You wouldn't be telling people, oh, just stay home. Don't leave. Wear a mask. Make sure you get this shot. You don't have a choice. You have to go get it. And none of that would be happening if you gave even an ounce of libertarian ideals. And then he immediately follows it up by saying, um, but sometimes things are more important than your liberties. We need to do it for the safety of the country. And it's like, wow. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that just goes to show you what, I, uh, what I've said all along, which is, you know, uh, Dr. Andy Slavitt, uh, after he, uh, or Andy Slavitt, after he left the White House coronavirus team uh, for Joe Biden, basically said that, uh, you know, you know, that sometimes, you know, the public health or the public good is more important than your personal liberties. And I was like, whoa, 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 wait a minute. No, the personal liberties and the personal freedoms that you have in this country is what guarantees the public health and the public good. Because, uh, because if you give people a reason to get the shot, and you give people reason to trust you, then you're going, uh, then they're going to get the shot. I mean, uh, we have a local uh, radio host here in Mobile who has basically said, 
you know, uh, with these vaccines that when they first came out, they said they're 95, 96, 94 percent effective from preventing the coronavirus. You remember when they said that? Right. No, I remember that. Well, if you look, dig, dig, dig down deep in the data, that wasn't accurate. They said uh, what what it, what the data says is it's 94, 95, 96 percent effective from from you having severe complications, hospitalization and death from the coronavirus. You can still get the uh, coronavirus if you get the vaccine. You're just probably not going to die from it if you get it. Right. Which you're probably not going to die from it if you don't get right, the vaccine. It has either. A you just have a higher probability of dying. Right. Well, it's got a 99.6% survival rate or something. Yeah. Something like that. So it, but, by getting the vaccine, they're like, oh, yeah. Even when they were saying it's 94% effective, I'm like, well, I've got a better chance of surviving. Yeah, well, uh, and then listen, I've gotten the vaccine. I'm fully vaccinated. And Alabama has the lowest vaccination rate in the state, in the entire United States. And I'm like, you know, if you want to incentivize people to get the vaccine, there is one surefire way to, uh, get, to get people lined up to get the shot in the state. You get Nick Saban on TV and every TV market in the state, and you say, you can't attend an Alabama Crimson Tide football home game and Bryant-Denny Stadium unless you are fully vaccinated. I guarantee the next day, half of this state is going to be lined up at the vaccine clinic waiting to get their vaccine because uh, because football is more important to them than even Donald Trump saying, don't get the vaccine. Yes, I would. Yes. I would agree. I would agree with that for Alabama. Like if you told uh, Florida that they couldn't go to you know, the Florida State or University of Florida's football games, a lot of them would go, I don't care. Why? No, I don't care. <laughs> sure. Okay. Guess I, I won't do that. I Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tom Brady sucks, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, greatest quarterback who's ever lived. Yeah, he sucks. Um <laughs> I'm a New Orleans Saints fan, so I can say that. That's fair. I'm a I'm I'm a uh, I'm a Rams fan, and I've been a Rams fan for a very long time. So he's beaten us in the Super Bowl twice. Um, I actually rooted for him the last time he did it. Too. <laughs> yeah, no, 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 wow, and man, you rooted for the Rams the last time he did it. No, I was rooting for him the last time. He, yeah, okay, he that makes it. more because, sense. Listen, I have friends that are obnoxious. Boston sports fans, so I root against every Boston team I uh, I can because they're so obnoxious. Unless they're playing, uh, the last time y'all were in the Super Bowl, uh, y'all made the Super Bowl because of a very bad call by it, the refs in the NFC Championship game. So I rooted for uh, and, for the Patriots because I didn't want the Rams to win. In all fairness, you should have been rooting against the refs and not the Rams. Because the Rams didn't, they had nothing to do with that. It was, yes, it was a bad call. I am willing to admit it. It was a bad call, but that had absolutely nothing to do with the Rams. That was all on the refs. The refs didn't make the call. Well, and I agree. And I've told, I told uh, Saints fans back when that happened, I was like, uh, my other Saints fans' friends, I was like, look, every team in the league benefits from bad calls. The Saints have benefited from bad calls every team gets uh, ultimately screwed by bad calls. The Saints have gotten their fair share of uh, being uh, screwed by bad calls. Yep. It's a part of the game. Until we get robotic refs, we're going to have bad calls. So just get over and deal with it. But that doesn't mean that I can't root against the Rams in the Super Bowl because they shouldn't have been there. <laughs> but instead, you had to root for Tom Brady, which I'm certain. I had to root for Tom Brady. I'm certain that got you a little bit. Um <laughs> 
And I've always like even I when he won back in two thousand one against the Rams, um, I I was not happy. But I was like, you know what? I like that. I like the quarterback. Like he's good. Like he seems like a stand-up dude. And now he's here in Tampa, um, and he just kept winning. And he never really did anything that upset me. A lot of people, he was like, oh no, Tom Brady's awful because reason. I don't know. Um, and not awful. He's just a cheater. <laughs> I don't care if you deflated his balls. <laughs> Which saying that sentence without any context just makes just sounds so weird. Um, I used to deflate him all the time, uh, but uh, I don't care that he deflated his like what uh, Aaron Rodgers was like. Yeah, I do that. And uh, uh, the other Manning, Eli, they all do it. They yeah, all Eli do it. was like, yeah, I used to overinflate him. Like, I can't believe we're talking about this. And I was like, yeah, why? Why is this a thing? Um, why? Why is it? Why? I have heard deflated balls uh, on on national television more times than I ever thought that I would outside of like a commercial trying to help people with steroid abuse. Um, like I was like, who cares that he did this? Um, now, hey, Bill Belichick, get away with it, get away with it, right? Bill Belichick, probably a cheater gonna go out on a limb and go yeah he's a cheater he does anything he can to get the upper hand um hey just knowing the the intricacies of the rules doesn't mean that you're a cheater (laughs) and of course i'm talking about the tuck rule right the tuck rule the tuck rule which technically wasn't a cheater (laughs) that was that was the rule that was the stupid rule uh um so yeah we started late we're okay uh i was like oh man we're over time we're talking about fauci yeah we're talking talking about cheaters we're talking we're talking about fauci fauci Fauci, dr fauci master gave me a sock i'm three now like i said he's dobie from harry potter that talks like he's from the sopranos right um so, so yeah fauci uh well i think he's evil um i of course he's evil i think lucy from the peanuts jared cartoons i mean literally think about it you know lucy would hold the football for charlie brown and then as soon as he went to go kick it he she'd pull it away away. and then he'd be like okay i'm not doing that again and she would talk him into doing it i'm not gonna pull the football away this time and then she would do it and she'd keep doing it and charlie brown would never learn guess what the american people are charlie brown in this scenario Dr. Fauci is Lucy. He keeps pulling the football because first it was don't wear a mask because masks don't do any good. Then wear your mask because masks help uh, reduce the spread of the coronavirus. Then it was, oh, well, it's the uh, it's the disposable masks that help you uh, help reduce the spread of the, the, of the, the virus. It's not the cloth mask. Then it's, you know, then it's this and then it's that. I'm like, you know, it's just one thing after another, after another. At some point, the boy has to cry wolf too many times for the village to to even believe him anymore. And then guess right. what? That's when the wolf's going to show up. And so, when they stop believing him. And that's one of the things uh, to kind of try to tie it all back together here. Like journal, like journalism and media, like media in general. You've had, you know, the New York Times, the Washington Post. Uh, I can't think of any major newspapers anymore because I think those two own them all. Um, but you know, <laughs> they've just been anything that. <laughs> Anything that you know, it's true. Uh, Reuters, AP, I don't know. Um, 
anything that uh, Fauci says, they take as the gold standard and they're just like, yeah, no, this is how it is. So as he's been changing, whatever it is that he's been saying, like, you know, wear a mask, don't wear masks, wear masks. Okay. Don't wear these masks. We're only wear these masks. And, um, you know, what he, him going on about gain, you know, there is no gain of function research. Okay. Well, maybe there was a lab leak, but there isn't gain of function research. Like he has been wrong so many times and the media has just been saying, nope, this is it. The science is settled. The science is settled. The science is settled. The science is settled. But the bar keeps moving on where the settled science is. And that's because science can't really be settled. It's- exactly. Because it is. And everybody that says, believe the scientists, believe the science, believe the science, believe the scientists, you know, the science is settled. I'm like, then you are not based in reality if you're saying that because the very basis of science, the scientific method, is question everything. You know, that's basically the scientific method. You have a hypothesis. You say, I think this. I then set out to prove this. You either prove it or you disprove it. Then once you've either, once you say you've proven it, you then have other people go and say, you know what? I don't think you're right. I'm going to go take what you did and I'm going to try to go replicate it. And they can either replicate it or they can't. If they can't, then it's not, uh, then it's not science. If they can then more people go uh, replicate it and build upon it. That is the questioning everything about science is the basis of science. So any, uh, so really, if you want to think about it, it's the lemmings that are saying, trust the science, trust the science, are the ones that are not being scientific and the ones that are saying, wait a minute, this, you know, one plus one isn't equaling two here. Let's right. settle down and let's critically think about this. Is it- are the ones that are actually being scientific isn't it still called the theory of gravity yeah no i think it's a, a, a law now is it okay happened enough times okay i was gonna say like this has happened more times in my day than i like to admit because lots of things get broken from me doing stuff like that um but like yeah. if that's still a theory you know like but do you realize how long it takes for a theory to become a law a long <laughs> time a yeah. very long time and multiple uh, and multiple efforts to disprove the theory before it becomes a law right and i've not enough times of continuing to prove it after trying to disprove it they say they give up and they say okay yeah it's probably a law you know and uh and and it, and then another thing medicine isn't science yes it has scientific aspects to it but there's a reason it's called medical arts because it's the practice of medicine. It's the practice of medical arts. You know, it's a medical arts degree. It's not a science. Right. Medicine is not a science. Now, yes, it has a lot of scientific aspects to it, but it's not science. So people saying it's trust the science, trust the science. Well, what science no. am I supposed to trust? Because right. medicine is not science. <laughs> you know? Yeah, I was gonna say uh, one of our one of our regular. Uh, viewers uh jimmy lee he said science still hasn't approved the vaccine which i guess technically the artists haven't approved the vaccine uh because the fda still hasn't approved it because it was done under emergency order and they just said nope go ahead even though biden in his town hall yesterday said that yesterday. They, yesterday they've been working on the vaccine for 10 years and i thought well, how is that possible how are they been working on the vaccine for 10 years because a lot of the vac- the, the a lot of the basic research and foundational research that went into this vaccine 
especially when it comes to the corona specific uh, research was done back when SARS-1 first uh, happened gotcha. okay. back in the Obama administration. And then they kind of just shelved all that research to the side once SARS-1 just magically disappeared and uh, you know just kind of died out. So uh, it just goes to show you how did SARS reappear? You know, how did SARS reappear and become so deadly and so, uh, and so infectious right. without gain-of-function research? Well, because coronavirus has already proven that it kills itself off after a certain amount of time. It it definitely wasn't created in the Wuhan COVID lab. Definitely was not funded in the Wuhan COVID lab. Doctor Fauci on the other side of that camera, staring at you. (laughs) Yeah, he's he's right here going. You better tell him. Tell him that it wasn't made there. Um, (laughs) um, But yeah, so. The media has this incredible ability. Uh, they they have this ability to sway how everybody sees whatever news story is coming out. And they have a responsibility to try, I think, they don't do it, but they have a responsibility to try to sway or to try to just give people the facts so they can uh, make their own opinions based on the media that's given to them. My own opinion, that's how media should be. You don't see that anymore. A lot of people say that with uh, Walter Cronkite, uh, he was the one that kind of started making that switch. But like you said, uh, media has never really been unbiased. Never. And shouldn't be, honestly. Because, uh, at least in my opinion, because when they show their bias, they they show where their... uh, where their facts are coming from. So now you know to take what they're saying with a grain of salt or not. You know, if they just, if they present themselves as unbiased and they, you know, everything we say is the truth and whatever, that's when you really have to be scared about the information that you're, uh, that you're, uh, you're, that you're getting. But if they say, like, if I'm watching Fox News, I know I'm going to get the conservative Republican point, uh, point of view. I'm going to get the Republican talking points. I understand that. I'm fine with that because that's what I, I know I'm getting. I have a really good BS filter. I can filter through their BS as right. well as I can filter through uh, NPR's BS yeah. and uh, get, just get the facts uh, or what I believe to be the facts. Now, I'm also the type of person that if you present, if I tell you something as a fact and you present me with, uh, with information showing that I am wrong, I'm at least willing to admit that I'm wrong. I may not change my opinion. But I'm at least willing to admit that the information that I based my opinion off was off of was wrong. Right. You may change my opinion, you may not. But and that's the way we have to be as a society. As another reason why the media has become so the way it is, is because we've become so polarized on the two uh, the two different bi- uh, uh, polars of politics, and we don't. The libertarians are basically left there in the middle, saying, "Okay, sometimes you're right." Sometimes you're right, and both sides are mad at us. Both sides can't stand us. Yeah, well, because we're willing to admit that the other side is right sometimes. Well, it's also because when we so if we're agreeing with the Democrats, we'll say, you know, you're right, but for all the wrong reasons, and here are the right reasons that you're right. And when it's the Republicans, we'll be like, 
you're right. But for all the wrong reasons, here are the right reasons that you're right. And here are the reasons that you're wrong. And so we exactly. just like to constantly tell them why they're wrong, even when we're Which is why wrong. everybody hates us, because right. we're so condescending <laughs> and we try to keep correcting them. Right. Exactly. Uh, well, David, thank you so much for coming on. Um, everybody go to BamaNewsNow.com. Uh, do you have anything you want to pitch? Uh, your socials. You your... can follow me personally on my uh, social medias, Twitter, Facebook, Parlor. Uh, Is Parlor a thing still? Yes, yeah, still a thing. Okay. Uh, I'm also in the next several months going to be launching a, uh, my own nationally focused podcast talk show called uh, Next Gen Liberty. You'll be able to find it at nextgenliberty.com. Hopefully you'll have me back on when I get closer to launching to talk about it, what we're going to be doing, what we're not going to be doing. Hopefully, uh, uh, you know, uh, it'll be a little similar to what happens here at uh, Muddy, Muddy Waters Media. Uh, of course, bamanewsnow.com. Uh, like I was telling you off air, we've had some major technical issues. I think the Chinese got in, uh, screwed everything up, and we basically are rebuilding the site from scratch right now. We're not quite ready to relaunch, but we're working on it. You can, if you go to Bama News now, you can kind of see the shell of what it will look like. Right. Uh, and from from there, we're working on getting things populated and stuff like that, but we're not quite quite there yet. So, well. Thank you again for uh, coming on. I've got to close out the show. If you want to hang out and talk afterwards, cool. If not, I will talk to you again very soon. Um, but everybody, David Preston, BamaNewsNow.com, Next Gen Liberty coming soon. I'm very excited for this show. I can't wait to see uh, what you're going to do with it. Um, and um, if you need anything, just let us know, you know, because we are, we are here to help. Will do. All right. Appreciate you, man. So to everybody else, go to siestacava.com because I forgot to turn off that uh, I forgot to turn off that overlay. So siestacava.com for some of the finest hippie moonshine uh, in the entire world. Um, thank you so much for tuning in, uh, David Preston. Everybody, how great was he? He was fantastic. Um, tomorrow night, tomorrow night, we have an, another excellent show here on Muddied Waters Media. It starts at 9.30 Freedom Time, also known as Eastern, uh, with the Cajun Libertarian and Eskimo Libertarian from Bayous to Igloos, where they will be talking about liberty-related things. Uh, one of them will be very prepared with lots of notes and ready to be there, and the other one will not. You can guess which one is which. Uh, and then next week on Monday, we have... Uh, Mr. America, The Bearded Truth with Jason Lyon, where he's going to take another deep dive into a libertarian topic. Um, I don't know which one. And then there is No Muddied Waters of Freedom next week. Next Wednesday, Sarah's over in the corner dancing because we're going to be in Tennessee. Um, and then on Wednesday, uh, Spike will be back with a new episode of My Fellow Americans. And there will be no writer's block next week because I'm taking off the entire week. But it is going to be great uh, because I need the break. Um, I'm in the matrix. Of course I am. Um, I'm also going to take my computer with me to figure out what is wrong with this program that I use. Um, uh, Sean Orton over on YouTube says Ben Swan does a reasonable job of reporting. Yes. Uh, Ben Swan does do a reasonable job of reporting. I've met Ben Swan. He's a fantastic guy. Um, 
I was actually confused for Ben Swan once. Somebody thought that I was uh, somebody thought I was Ben Swan, and that was based on uh, somebody saying, "Hey, I need you to find Ben Swan," and they said, "Who is Ben Swan?" and they said, "Look for the really good-looking blonde guy in a blue suit that's well tailored." And so that person came to me. So I take it as a compliment. Um, thank you all so much. Ha uh, tune in tomorrow night for uh, Cajun and Eskimos from Bayous to Igloos. And have a fantastic weekend. Uh, and until next time. You're wonderful just the way you are. I am swinging from a seven-story window, throwing parties in a ten-by-seven cell. It's just standing the legs I'll go to convince the whole damn world I don't need anybody's help. Yeah, I am waving while I drive. Don't bother swimming out to save me. I'll only drag you down. I'll try to use your body as a life raft. Cause if there's room enough for one, there must be room enough for two. I'll sail the good ship you into the sunset. Sipping on savory waters till my liver turns blue. Broadcast of the evening news, I will be relieved. I am waving while I drive. Don't bother swimming out to save me, I will only drag it out. I'm waving while I drive. Don't bother swimming out. To save me, I will only drag you down. Hey, myself. It's a standard, the legs I'll go. To convince the whole world I don't need anybody's help.